Hi, Jason Wood here, Armed and Ready Podcast. Thanks for stopping by today. We have our guest, John Horse, Skyping in from the old Fort Ord Hospital talking to us about cybersecurity. Let's go check it out. Hi, Jason Wood here, host of Armed and Ready Podcast. Special guest today, John Horst is visiting us. John, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us today. We appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Um, so you and I were talking you know, beforehand a little bit about uh, your background and stuff, but I want to catch up our audience a little bit as to you know, what it is that you do. And, and I know you have um, some interesting parallels in, into, into the real estate industry, which I'm in. Um, so for those, um, for our listeners out there, you actually have a company that does cybersecurity. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's what we do. Okay. All right. So, um, and you guys do a lot of cybersecurity stuff for like government entities for the most part. I know that you're, right now you're sitting at the old uh, Fort Ord uh, hospital, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool tie. It used to be a really awesome military base. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so... Yeah. So to get into cyber warfare, I mean, what does that mean? It sounds almost video game-ish, but what, what exactly do you do? Um, to, to take, um, if we look at it in particular here at the, the Defense Manpower Data Center, uh, we have a lot of applications that are developed and maintained internally. And what I do is work with what's called the Information Secure System Security Owner, or the ISSO. And I work with her, and we periodically audit all of these programs. And we audit them against a standard required by the DOD called Risk Management Framework. And basically, uh, I, come from so uh, I come into this from having developed software for 20, 25 years now. So a lot of times I'm working with software engineers, and we're looking at scan results that show that their code has some vulnerability. And I'm giving them some ideas about how to fix it, how to write their code in a more secure way. Uh, so that, that's kind of the real specific, uh, you know, work that I do here for the DOD. Now, I also do expert witness work, um, usually for the defense, if a company is hacked and uh, they need to figure out what happened. Uh, I'll help with that. Uh, I had uh, an industrial espionage case uh, recently that I uh, supported the defense in and uh, examined uh, some of the evidence that was being brought against their client. Um, so that's kind of a broad, broad strokes of what I do. But um, you know, we have. Uh, I have. We own a, a web a web design company called Zenden Web Design. And that's a private sector world. And when I do website, uh, I help companies design their websites. We help them understand how to build security uh, into the project uh, and everything they do with it from the ground up. That's really interesting. So um, in, in your expert witness stuff, um, and I know it's, it's kind of a big deal in, in the, the mortgage and the real estate industry, and um, which is always the, the fear of getting one of those fake emails that tells right. clients to wire money. Like we have like a disclaimer on the bottom of our email signature, right? You know, and, and most 
affiliates in the industry do as well. Um, just basically saying, you know, caution, you know, look out for this stuff. Make sure, you know, you don't wire anything without double checking it's going to the right place. Um, so you have you have a little experience in that, don't you, as like a witness and, and having some stories there? Yeah, no, I was a consultant in a case where a, uh, a home buyer, a title company, and a real estate agent. Uh, so you had three parties in the mix, and one of those three parties had been compromised, and they didn't realize it. And so there was a uh, an adversary, if you will, out there that was tracking the email conversations as they were happening and waited until that opportune time when the buyer was ready to wire money. And they had created a fake email that made it look just like a it was coming from the title company and said, you know, please go ahead and wire the money to this account. Well, of course that was some overseas account and the money was lost. And so now it becomes a, a matter of trying to forensically determine who had, who was the one who got hacked and, and how that all started. So I consulted on that case. I think it was eventually settled out of court. So we didn't actually get to the point of testimony. Oh, wow. Um, who, who was actually hacked? Was it the, the title company or? We didn't get to that point. It was very difficult to tell. And, and, and here's why I don't, my opinion based on what I saw was that what happened was email was spoofed. And, and, and let me give you an example of what I mean by that. If the email, if you have an email address and your email address is uh, first dot last at U.S. Bank Corp. Now, if you go online, U.S. Bank Corp. is U-S-B-A-N-C-O-R-P. Now, all I have to do is stick a K in after the C. U-S-B-A-N-C-K or B-A-N-K-C-O-R-P. And I, it, 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 you know, it looks like a perfectly legitimate email, but there's one letter different on that domain name. And so now you think, oh, that's coming from the bank. And, and, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and respond to this and do what the bank wants me to do. When in fact, actually it's coming from an, you know, a hacker who's trying to get, get your password, username and password and stuff like that. So that's what I think happened in this particular case. I think that a bad actor spoofed an email address um, and we didn't see any forensic, uh, at least on my client's side, we didn't see any forensic evidence of an actual hack into their network. Now, whether there was a hack into to the uh, uh, into the real estate agent, because I was working with the defense on the title agency, um, it could have been the real estate agent's uh, email account. And because the real estate agent, and this is what's very important for real estate agents to understand, it you probably use your personal Gmail account to conduct business, and there are all kinds of security tools that Google makes available to, uh, to you if you register a business account with them as with what their product is called G Suite. There are a lot of security tools in G Suite that are not available to you if you're just a personal email customer. And so um, it becomes much more difficult for you to, to have a situational awareness as to whether an email is coming from a domain where the user has not actually been validated or authenticated against that domain. 
you can do that with a business account with G Suite. You cannot do that with a personal Gmail account. And, Got it. And, and so that's just one area. And, and a lot of real estate agents are sole proprietors. Uh, and, and so they're just using ordinary individual commercial products, um, individual consumer products rather than business products. And, and it, it's really a good idea to step back and look at using business products for business and keeping your personal stuff segregated uh, in a personal account. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. I mean, I know just in the, the nature of doing business with real estate agents quite often, um, I see that a lot, just the, the realtor's personal Gmail account. You know, it might be San Diego yeah. Realtor at Gmail or something like that. And I, that never even crossed my mind, to be perfectly honest, but it makes a ton of sense and, and goes <laughs> hand in glove, really, with kind of the theme of, of this show, Armed and Ready, which um, for anybody in, in the industry, I mean, the real estate industry specifically, um, you definitely want to get away from using just a commercial or a consumer-based email, you know, a Hotmail or a Gmail or a yes. Yahoo, um, right. and either go with your brokerage's kind of corporate email or get, get, do the G Suite. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're going to run your own company, I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine, and this is just from having talked to my CPA, um, if you're in business for yourself, you're Tax-wise, you're so much better off having your own company. And then, you know, you have your own company, you set up a G Suite account, and now you're able to segregate your internet activity for your business. Even though you're using your personal laptop, that's fine. But you have a separate account for the business. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about without getting into some technical weeds, but there's technology available today that when an email comes into your email box, if that email has not, if the email server that, that that email comes from, if that server has not been configured to authenticate the user who is supposedly sending you that email as an authorized user of that domain, then you'll get a big yellow banner on your email. It says, you know, we cannot validate the user who sent you this email, so be careful, you know, just be aware. Uh, you cannot get that if you're just subscribed to your personal Gmail account. You're not gonna be able to configure your inbound email to support that. You'd have to get a you know, a business account on G Suite. Got it. Now are you seeing, I mean I know, you know we see like on the news like these data breaches, you know, like Equifax had a big data breach and some of these other companies had these big data breaches. So it's becoming at least a more um, promoted exp experience. Um, are you seeing, you know, statistically in your industry, are you seeing that, you know, cyber attacks and things like that are becoming more prevalent or is it just becoming, we're just seeing it more on the news? Um, they are becoming not more prevalent, but more sophisticated. Um, they, the attacks, it, it, the, the volume of attacks out there, not necessarily increasing. It's just what's happening is the tools that adversaries have access to are quite a bit more sophisticated now than they have been in the past. And, and uh, this goes back to some of the, the you know, stories in the news we heard about uh, WikiLeaks and Vault 7 and things of this nature. So there are tools out there um, that are really sophisticated that uh, just in the past few years haven't, have not been available to 
the typical adversary as opposed to a nation state. Um, so that's what's happening in terms of, you know, the nature of the threat that's out there is the threat's more sophisticated now than it once was. But the honest truth of the matter is the biggest threat uh, that our companies face is their own bureaucracies. I read the report that came out from both the House and the Senate on the Equifax hack. And the simple truth of the matter is cybersecurity basically descended into a bureaucratic turf war. And everyone was looking at everyone else trying to figure out, you know, oh, no, you're supposed to do that. And there was no one there at cyber uh, at, at, at Equifax. We would call it a CISO or a chief information security officer. There was no one there to basically act as an overall sort of coordinator and advise the CEO as to who is supposed to actually be doing what. And so they got hacked because somebody forgot to uh, somebody forgot to renew a digital certificate. Now, renewing a digital certificate is junior level IT work. I mean, good Lord, I can hire a kid out of high school to do that. Somebody, no one paid attention. No one thought it was their job. No one, everyone was pointing fingers at everybody else. Because, and they failed to, they failed to um, update a digital certificate. Their logging utility couldn't communicate anymore, so they weren't aware that they were being hacked. And they didn't find out for like six months. And it wasn't until somebody bothered to actually renew the certificate. It was preposterously re simple. Um, the, what wasn't done was actually a junior level thing. And so um, we, we just have to be able to push through uh, the bureaucracies and take the responsibility seriously. Someone needs to stick their name on it and say, I'm responsible for this mission my mission and the mission can be no, nothing more complicated than making sure our certificates aren't expired. <laughs> I mean, right. We're, we're, that's not putting ordinance on target. I mean, that's not flying an airplane. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that can be the mission and someone needs to be, you know, identified. That's your mission. Uh, go perform it. Uh, instead of having a bureaucracy ending up everybody pointing fingers at everybody else. Right. That's interesting. Um, so, you know, I know you do some some work with the DoD. Do you see um, like a good correlation um, between what you do in the private sector um, versus what maybe a counterpart would be doing on, on the the DoD or the military side? And is do you see guys or gals transitioning from the military doing that into your sector pretty easily? Very easily. Um... I used to work on Navy ships. I used to run up and down ladder wells, and I would work with the kids in radio. The, the server room on the ship is called radio. And I would help install and configure and maintain uh, a couple different programs. And what you have in the military is, and well, let's, let's draw a contrast between the military and the private sector. The private sector, you tend to have special, special, uh, specialists in IT. Somebody spends their whole career with databases or their whole career writing code or their whole career uh, setting up a network. You don't have that in the military. In the military, you wear the hat that your unit needs you to wear when your unit needs you to wear it. And so you know, people coming out of the military tend to be generalists. They tend to have a, a, a basic competency across a wide spectrum of information technology. And that is exactly what we need in cybersecurity. 
Um, as a cybersecurity analyst, I need to be able to have an intelligent conversation with the network engineer, with the software developers, um, you know, with the database administrator. I need to be able to intelligently communicate across the full spectrum of IT. And um, the, the young people that we have coming out of the services that have worked in IT uh, tend to be generalists just by necessity. Um, certainly true in the Navy, you know. You, your role is what the ship needs your role to be when, when the ship needs it to be. Right. And then you just, you fill that role. That's great. So, um, you know, with, with the theme of our show, Armed and, and Ready, um, how does that pertain to you and, 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 and how do you interpret that for, for yourself and in your business being armed and ready? Um, it, it's, readiness is really a, a function of understanding in terms of cybersecurity readiness is really a matter of understanding the nature of the data that that you're working with on a day-to-day basis uh, a lot of times and let's talk about business for example you might have a list of marketing leads uh, that you've gotten from a source you're going to call them maybe they're you know looking for a house and right. you're going you're going to give them a call that list of marketing leads will grow stale from a business point of view. Okay, maybe within two or three weeks, that list is stale. Now, it's stale from your business perspective, but it is most certainly not stale from an adversarial perspective. If I'm an adversary and I get a hold of that, that's personally identifiable information. That may be the straw that breaks the camel's back on my attempt to steal one or more of those people's identity because I'm going to try to find, I'm going to try to build a dossier on people and I'm going to find a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit somewhere else. And your marketing leads as a realtor, if they end up in my hands, it may end up being the straw that breaks the camel's back for some of these people's identity. So if you have a marketing lead uh, data that's sale and that has no business value to you at all, you should destroy it. You should remove that data from your system so that if your laptop gets stolen or malware gets into your machine, there's an absolute minimum of data that would potentially be useful for an adversary. Um, if you have a laptop and that's an attack, we call that an attack surface. What's in your attack surface? What's in your laptop? Think like an adversary. Think like someone who got in there and would steal this information. Who could they hurt? Whose identities could they steal? Whose money could they possibly get after? Um, that's being ready. That's being armed and ready is thinking about your data like an adversary and understanding that even if the data is old and of no value to you in business, it still might be of value to a criminal. Yeah, that's that's really good. It's really good to know and good to hear from your seat because, um, you know, being, being in, in my position, you know, working in the mortgage space, you know, we're always required to do various things for protecting our clients' information, um, whether it's how we store information, how we how we delete it, um, all that type of stuff. And you know, it becomes kind of run-of-the-mill day-to-day job tasks. But right. seeing it from from your seat, you really it really brings up to the surface like how vulnerable. Um, that data can be to somebody and, and how much we really need to protect that. And um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Some, there are, um, there are some frameworks out there. 
Um, the National Institute for Standards of Technology has one, but it's quite large. It's quite big. Uh, a realtor is not going to have the resources to do uh, to uh, establish a plan based on NIST's uh, 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 requirements. Um, there is a plan out there called the Essential Eight, and it's actually out of Australia. And if your your uh, your podcast viewers were to Google Australia Essential Eight, it's a very very um, it's a very easy to understand uh, process of implementing cybersecurity steps. And, and you know, it's just got eight steps and then there are maturity levels. You have eight steps and then I think there are three or four levels. And so if you get all the way to the highest level of those eight steps, you're doing a lot. And I don't think an average realtor would probably go that far. But if you go look at Australia's essential eight, um, it's a plan for implementing cybersecurity best practices that's achievable by a sole proprietor like a real estate agent. And it's really, it would be really, really worth your uh, viewers' time uh, to just take a look at it and, and see what, do what you can with what you have today. Don't, don't, don't look at it like, oh, that's too much. That's okay. Pick, pick from that what you can do today and do it. That's really good advice. And, um, you know, for our listeners out there, I think the two of the biggest takeaways from this, uh, especially for for aid, real estate agents and and um, other real estate professionals in in, in my industry, is um, don't use the personal email account to conduct your business. Right. You know, get get some sort of business account, whether it's Google's G Suite or something yes. else. And um, the essential eight, Google that and and take a couple of steps towards protecting and and preparing your clients to be secure while they're in your hands. That's right. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting stat. 91% of all breaches originated with an email that was purported to be from somebody, someone else trusted, and it wasn't. 91% of all breaches go through that attack vector. The attack vector is the email, the spoofed email. If we just interrupt that attack vector, can you think? I mean, how much more secure we will be? Yeah, it's incredible. Awesome. Well, John, I, I want to say thank you for spending a little time with us today. I know you're super busy, and um, we really appreciate your insight and learning about what you do and, and how it absolutely translates to, um, to our industry as well. So thank you so much for uh, being on Armed and Ready with us. Yeah, Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Awesome episode we just had with John about cybersecurity. If you have any questions about real estate or protecting your security while doing that, please feel free to reach out to us at the Armed and Ready podcast. Thanks for stopping by.